All right, all right, all right. God dang, God dang, God diggity dang. All you listeners here on the podcast or YouTube or outer space or on the moon or on Mars or wherever this is seen someday, maybe somewhere on Jupiter. I don't, I don't really know. But I'm grateful that you're listening and you're catching this sometime, you know, when this was recorded on November 30th, 2020 something, 21. We're going to be going into 22. So, you know, for all those who aren't on here live, Mind tune up time, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. As I'm recording this, we go live every Tuesday. You can go to mindtuneuptimelive.com. You can get the stream in the Facebook group. You can uh, join in on the Zoom, where is where I interact the most, and check out the chat, get all the good, good vibes happening on the chat, people making connections and introductions and interacting. And so that's uh, where I'm tuning up hearts and minds one at a time so your ideas don't die in your hearts, heads, and our hard drives. And so I always say, when I hear you, I can help you. You know, the goal here, I do some preaching and teaching at the beginning of the session, but I, just as I did before I hit record on this, wanted to see what the, the listeners here today wanted to talk about. And so the first question here that we're going to dig into is overcoming the paralysis to just start. And I think that everything has its divine timing of when I uh, say things, interact or start or do something. Um, so that's going to be the topic we're going to talk about here today, and we'll see what else pops up in the chat, and we'll see who I inter- in a, end up interacting with in the second half. Uh, but for those who do catch the replay, cool thing is on YouTube or wherever you're catching this, there should be even on the Facebook group. When I get the when I get the awesome, awesome, awesome lady who is doing my uh, show notes, there's a bunch of timestamps, so you can see if you really prefer to listen to the coaching part where I interact with somebody live one on one and coach them. You can see all that in the show notes. There's different topics at different timestamps. So you can check in at a certain time or you can go straight to the coaching because sometimes I start 30 minutes in, sometimes I start an hour and 20 minutes in. But every once in a while, I might not pull anybody on at all. Um, I like to go with the flow, but uh, definitely you can check that out. That's a great thing for catching the, the replays. But uh, let's rock and roll here today. So overcoming the paralysis to just start. Um. You know what I find interesting, and I was going to say this, so I think it, it ties in here. I literally, and I don't know how many people will relate to this, but I'm going to give you a scenario in my video production company. Um, and at times, I believe that there's a power in actually not knowing and not learning. I just read this article by uh, uh, about Sarah Blakely, who was the founder of Spanx, and this idea of kind of be naive, not knowing the quote unquote right way to do something or the way it's supposed to be done. And what I find interesting is that when I started my production company back in the day, there wasn't a lot to look into. There wasn't a lot of people to learn from. I couldn't go on YouTube and watch 47 million videos of ways I could edit or shoot or create or color correct or do these things. And it really doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're an artist, if you're a writer, if you're a designer, a web designer, if you're a speaker, if you're you know, a songwriter, if you play music, guitar, um, there are millions of examples in any given category of how you could do something, how you could write, how you could draw, you know, how you could sing, 
how you can market yourself, how you can promote yourself, um, ways to promote yourself, ways you can live, how much money you should make, how much money you should make. Should you buy a house? Should you not buy a house? What's the reasons, uh, the reasons that are better for buying a house versus renting a house versus reasons that are better for renting a house versus buying a house. And somebody who wrote an article who said that you should rent a house versus buying a house five years later says you should buy a house versus rent a house. So what should we do? Right? Where do I start? What action do I take? I'm paralyzed. And I remember in my production company, uh, interestingly enough, um, there was a time where literally, and maybe I should have delegated this off, but I would get, I knew that I would procrastinate on editing. It was just something that when I left the wedding day, when I left wherever I was interacting with people and filming, um, if there was no definitive deadline, or even sometimes there was a deadline, I literally had people who would bring in uh, photos to make a slideshow, and they'd be like, there is no rush on this. In fact, we are just so prepared and want to give you plenty of time to do this. And uh, it'd be like January. And they would say, you know, we don't need this till September. Now, how many on here today can guess what I did? I got the photos in, in, in January. They said they didn't need their video that I would make for them from their photos till September. Can anybody guess what Michael Gebbin did? When did the video get done? So let's say I got it on January 1st and I needed it on September 1st. When do you think I got that video done? Huh? Do you think I got it done within a few days and then given to me? A month later, a few weeks later? Do you think I got that done? Huh? What do you think? Sweet, sweet auntie's like, got it done the same day. Somebody else said, same week. Uh, somebody else just say some, some a few hours. Yeah, not Michael Gebbin. You know, I just I watched a video. Here's how it starts. I I, I saved the, the video because I wanted to, to hear this. I want to see how many can hear this. Okay, this is an ad that it popped up in my feed. Now tell me how many people on this call, or if you're a listener, send me a message. How many people relate to what this lady's saying? So if you're anything like me, you have tons of notes about your story. Outlines, plots, scene cards, character profiles, research notes, pieces of dialogue that you want to use later. But how do you put it all together in one place and organize? Does that resonate with anybody? Does anybody have plot lines and, and character traits and all these things all plotted out in notebooks and, and things all over the place for their script that they're going to write to make a movie? Does everybody have that? Does everybody relate that they got that all over the place? I don't know. I don't know if we <laughs> people are being sarcastic here or not in the chat, but like, right now, 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 remember what she said here. Maybe you have notes all over the place. I'm talking about character plot twist. How, how your character development, do you have that specifically? Right. Um, and so what I realized is like, we live in a world that I am constantly trying to do my best. I am practicing. There's changing my, yeah, the multiple notebooks. I think we can all relate to that, but I'm talking how she said this. Let me go to the beginning again. Listen again, very carefully to what's said. So if you're anything like me, you have tons of notes about your story. Outlines, plots, scene cards, character profiles. Outlines, character cards, scenes, profiles. How many of you have that part of it? Right? Do you have character traits and scenes and profiles? Who would need that? Now I have notes. I have I have tons of notebooks. I mean, I got all I got all these all, all these books are sitting right here on the ground. Some of them are notebooks, some of them aren't. I got stuff over here, notebooks and things in my Evernote, things on my notes, things on my computer, things I write to myself in email. Right? If you're anything like me, right? 
there are going to be people who are just like this lady. But what I have found is that these generalizations of everyone, everybody, all, everything, all the time is, 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 is somebody's going to resonate, but not everybody's going to resonate. And so what I found is, is that for me personally, with this, this paralysis by analysis, this, what do I start? When I started my video production company, I didn't have much options to pick from. I wasn't really paralyzed because I really didn't know what to do. I only had up to go and my mind wasn't filled with very many options or information of ways and options that I could do things. But here's kind of a twofold flip that aren't, are the same and aren't the same. I would have people when I realized, oh, let me answer that question. I do that sometimes. I wouldn't edit until September, like right before it was needed, right? I always did that. If something had a deadline, it was better than no deadline for sure. But the deadline, I would always, I mean, I got on this call three minutes. I got off a phone call three minutes before I got on this call. There is nothing that helps me sit here for two hours and meditate on this Tuesday call. I've never been a person who I prepare by practice, by being on, you know, thousands of these types of calls since 2012 allows me to have the ability to have, I mean, as long as the doggone technology is working, has no stress in showing up minutes before and clicking start. I find that I will, I have never done anything where preparing for hours on and beforehand typically is going to, it stresses me out and actually has me do not as good. Whereas somebody else, that won't work for them at all. That's not how they're wired. Literally, Robin's on here talk about the puppies. Our, our two puppies are brother and sister, same age, came out at the same time, same upbringing, identical things in every way, shape, and form. Our little, our little girl, Bonnie, she loves looking out the window. Doesn't really care about playing fetch. Our little guy, Bright, loves playing fetch. These are puppies. These aren't even human beings. So to the degree that there's so many variables, sometimes just born, embedded into us when we're born, that we can't explain. No more than I can explain why, because for one reason or another, back when I used to have wedding videos, I would have somebody edit. But there was a period of time where nobody else was help, helping me, and I would be the one to take it to the post office or deliver it. And any wedding couples would be like, oh, that's why I took forever to get my thing. I would literally have the DVDs sitting on the shelf for two to three weeks. And I just would not take them, put them in a package, write their address, and put it in the mail. Now, you may not be real relate to that exact scenario, but there's likely something that simple. That wasn't complicated. I didn't have to have a PhD to figure it out or to do it. They were sitting there. You take them. You set them in the seat next to you. I drive the car. I put postage on it. I pay for the postage. I put their address on it. It goes in the mail. There's really no reason why it couldn't have happened the day they were done. But for whatever reason, it would just sit in there in my mind and I would go do other things. And then finally, typically sometimes the couple would be calling, where's it at? They complain. And I'd be like, I got it. And I go take it to the mail. No different than sometimes I would, you know, if I didn't do a same day edit, I wouldn't edit people's things. If I didn't get help editing, it wasn't until people complained. Things could sit for nine months sometimes, and then somebody would complain, and I would edit it, get it done, and out the door in 24 hours. That spend 24 hours working on it, 
I didn't spend nine months working on it. I didn't touch it, right? Whereas other people who in the chat here, some of these things might be like, God, I, you know, my wife, we go to the post office almost every day. She loves packaging things up, putting the mail, writing the note, all these things. So there's things that are natural by default, easy for certain people to act and do, whilst there's other things that are not. Now, we got to look sometimes, what is that thing? Why aren't we doing it? You know, I, I've, I've been in things where coaches are like the Nike slogan, just do it. Now, there's a time and a place for a punch you in the face, just do it, stop screwing around. Because sometimes the thing you need to do is the right thing, you want to do it, and it could be like the conversation I had with my mom about a year ago. I brought this up here and there, but uh, it was something that should have happened three or four years earlier, right? Should have. Happened at the perfect time. It is what it is. But like, there weren't any real major reasons besides my own insecurities and inadequacies and fears and doubts and whatever that had me not do that. But once I did it, everything was easier and better. That is an example of something that there's a courage that we just, we just need to just do it. Right? And there will never be a quote unquote, we can say, oh, it was the perfect time. There will never be this perfect time. You know, that, that day wasn't any easier than it would have been another month from now or three weeks prior or three months prior. Right. But there's certain things that I was made to believe. And this is where I'm really, I'm more bullish on this and get more bullish every single day. When I mean, bullish is just like uh, intense, confident, convicted. Um, certain that we need to do our best to eliminate things that we do not want to do. That in doing it, if you do it and you realize there's no joy in this, because I found, I, I made a post not too long ago where I said, right, here's the thing. I said, if you don't like doing something, doing more, doing it more might make you better at it, but it won't per se make you like it more. Right. So I think that there's things at times where um, the reality is very simple. Right. Just because you do something that you get great at doesn't mean you actually enjoy that thing. How many of you know that there's some things that you're really good at? Like you're really good at, you know, you're good at it. You do believe you're good at it. And you still don't really like doing it. So society has shamed us and guilted us and pressured us and forced us and made us believe, keep your mouth shut and do it. It's a lot of old paradigms, a lot of old archaic ways of thinking, right? And I go, is it a mom scenario? <laughs> like in this, is it a mom where once you do it, I mean, whatever's going to happen, happens. Things will get better or things will get worse. But once you do it, it's, it's that thing is done, right? Once I did that, my relationship with my mom, all these things, so much better, so much greater. And with my, my wife and all that, it was amazing. But there have been things that I have like, like the procrastination thing. Well, I go, well, where do I procrastinate? Why do I procrastinate? And on things is procrastination, can procrastination be my advantage? Where to somebody else, it's a disadvantage. So if I embrace this as who I am, then it's not a problem. Who's making it a problem anyways? Who says it's actually a problem? I would assert that there's things like, unfortunately, God forbid, killing people, 
I don't know that there's ever a time that that's a good thing. Overall, I'm sure we could find some nuance. Not here to get into that. But by default, killing somebody's a bad thing, right? We, I mean, but yet some people kill people and say it's a good thing, right? Their religion, their whatever. But here's the thing. There's a lot of things where we, we have been made to believe that procrastination is a bad thing. Who says? Hang on, Robin's saying you. Right, not me, but but us. I do. I make up that problem. There's so much, which is the work. It's the first episode I uploaded as a replay that you can go back to number one that talks about the 767, right? This idea of fiction and um, fact versus fiction, right? A fact is something that applies to almost everybody. Fiction is made up. It's made up in the mind, right? And so this aspect that procrastination is bad. You're not starting something. Well, what is the thing you're not starting? What's that? What is the problem that's happening because you're not starting that thing? And is it, is it because it's not a thing that you should do? Is it a thing that you, you quote unquote should do and what are shoulds? Again, all these problems are made up by ourselves. So for me, I do my best to eliminate, you know, if you think about juggling, the more things you juggle, the less likely, the more likely something will fall. So I know that that'll happen, but for me, I'm not here to sit here and continue to add, 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 add. Adding makes me, um, it's just one of those things. I mean, your procrastination can be a sign or a nudge that we are not in the right place, path, not doing the right thing. I believe it can, right? I procrastinate. See, there's where, again, I, I hope you're hearing this, right? That there's a guy named Steve Hardison. Some of you have heard me talk about it. He talks about something called dry rain. What's dry rain? How could that exist? Rain's naturally wet, isn't it? Right? It's a metaphor for the fact that two things can be true at the same time. I don't talk about too much, you know, this may be a TMI, but that's all right. You know, here and there, my, my wife and I, Mary and I take a, you know, nice, nice shower together. Uh, you know, get a little, hmm, all right there. <laughs> Anywho, I'm laughing. Maybe I'm a little uncomfortable there. I don't talk about those things too often in public, that is. Private plenty of times. But dry rain and its most perfect, uh, you know, example through everybody off here who's listening. Uh, but dry rain. We could have the water. My wife laughing up there. She might have heard me. Anyways, the water or in bed. The water can be a certain temperature. Yeah, I got your attention. Uh, the water can be a certain temperature, yet it's hot as hell for me, and it feels great for her. In bed. We're in the same bed with the same covers on top of us, the same temperature, and she can be hot as hell, and I'm freezing. Or I'm freezing, and she's hot as hell right? Dry rain. Two things true. Neither is false. You can say it's so hot. Well, it's hot for you. It's cold for me. Ah, you know, I don't, yes, maybe that, <laughs> I'm not in here to get the technicalities, Robin. I appreciate the people who are knowledgeable about this. I'm just simply saying dry rain is the simple fact that two things can be true at the exact same time. And there's no one who is right and one who is wrong. Because when you say it's really hot and one says it's really cold or there's other scenarios, it's I'm right and you're wrong. And it's like, no, I'm cold, you're hot. 
you're hot, I'm cold, right? And there can be those things in life where two things are true, i.e. there can be something where there is something, this is dry range. So there can be a sign that you're not the right thing. So a sign I'm procrastinating and having a conversation with my mom could be what Norman's saying here. It's a nudge saying I'm not in the right place, not doing the right thing, right? Or maybe there's just truly fear and I need to have courage and push through. And good things will come out of that. There's other things what I'm saying is, is that you can do something over and over again. For me, I used to think that my procrastination in areas like, like this, do I not want to get on this call? Like, think about that. That's what I'm bringing up. Do I not want to get on this call? Is that why I procrastinate all the way up till two minutes before the call? Because I don't really want to be here. I'd rather not be here. I don't like this. This is not fun. This is not enjoyable. Maybe I'm in the right, wrong place or else I would have prepared for an hour before I got on the call, right? Because we, we, one could call that procrastination, right? One could call waiting till three minutes to get off of a phone call to get onto this call and get on here exactly like get on the computer, right at two o'clock, bam, start button, right? That's a form of procrastination, yet has nothing to do with me being in the right or wrong place or that I do, do or do not want to be on this call. I just know that there's nothing that I need to do prior to that. I also know that when I got the thing in January and don't deliver it until September when they said they needed it, that if they've got problems with the fact that I wait till two weeks before to do it, when they said there was no rush and we don't need it till this date, is there really a problem? Or did I just prioritize all these other things that were more important? And I think when you look at things in life, at times, there's things where there's an aspect of values and prioritization. And so a lot of things that you sometimes procrastinate on that could be a mom conversation, which make your life better, you are just valuing and prioritizing other things more, like your own well-being, feeling like, oh, God, I don't want to do it. This feels horrible and all these things. When you have the courage, you could have the conversation, and the conversation would change your life, Right. But there's also things that I keep doing that I don't ever enjoy more by doing it more. I just might get better at it because I think I have to get better at it because people maybe believe I should get better at it, that I should do it, right? Sometimes life decides for us. God, I just got off the phone conversation. She's homeschooling. Why'd you do it? COVID. Best decision we ever made. We've been thinking about it, but didn't do it. Then it forced us to do it. I was just talking to my wife today about forcing, right? There are times where forcing can work, where sometimes people need that push to do something, right? Or do they? Will life happen? And then that will happen at the perfect quote unquote air quote time for you. Because when is the right time? When is the wrong time? When is when is ever there a right or wrong or perfect time? We're making all this up in our mind. The struggle between where the, the, the struggle happens with where we're at and where we wish we could be. And then there's a gap. And because there's a gap, because you're not making the money you want, you think you should be serving more people, making more money, reaching more people or whatever. There's a gap between where you are and where you want to be. And that gap and the wider the gap, the more frustrated you typically are, which then you have a problem with where you are relative to where you think you should be. And so I found that you can either eliminate, a lot of things can be eliminated. I eliminate a lot. I just realized, okay, I don't need to do this. And that also in and of itself, um, it, it, it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference to um, eliminate that, that which is unnecessary for you. Because a lot of the world will make you believe that you should do it. Or if somebody else has a limiting belief around, they couldn't do it that way. 
what a lot of people is they won't encourage you to do it that way. Like you've got something you really want to do a certain way and you don't see any other examples of anybody doing it. So then you either think it's impossible or when you talk to people about doing it, they do not encourage you to do it because they don't know how. I love the idea of paving your own way. But remember, if you wanted a path in the woods and you wanted to drive your car down this path and you realize, man, if only there were a path, I have to go 40 minutes out of my way Whereas I'd only have to go four minutes if my car could go through this path in the woods. It might actually take you 40 hours and certain amount of money and time and energy to cut down all the trees that are in your way for you to carve your own path. So instead of 40 minutes every day, let's just say there's a path that you're going to take. And if there was just a path in these trees that you could cut down. Maybe you even have permission, but it would take you time and some money and energy to do. And if you just blocked off a week, you could do it in one week, but it would take you 10 hours a day of one week and it might cost you $1,000. And if you do that one week, 10 hours a day, so 50 hours and $1,000, you would save 35 minutes every single day of your life from that point moving forward. Just do the math. Let's say you drive that route every day, 35 minutes times five times four times 12 divided by 60. You have spent in one year, five days a week, 140 hours extra time because you didn't take one week and 50 hours to carve your own path. So it was just easier to keep driving this other way. So what I find is the people that I attract that want to listen to my message and where I sit and why I'm typically not telling people what to do or how to do it, because I find that the people that I help, once they know what they want to do, they do it and magic happens. And so, but that can take a little extra time to go down a path that you have to, you have to make the way. First, it's just going down the, the normal path. That can't be easier. It might just take extra time in your day, the extra 35 minutes. But sometimes this other path, it might be more fulfilling, save us time and energy and effort. We just don't do because we don't want to make that time. We don't take that time. We don't do it. We don't spend that money because we don't want to do what's normal, right? Let me sit here. What do you think the reason is for the delays? I do exactly what you described. Yeah, let's pull you on for a second. Actually, before I pull you on, gosh, a whole bunch of people popped on now. Gosh, just time flies by. Anybody new? Marty. Marty, are you in the chat, my man? Huh? Not my man. Marty? Where you at, buddy? You're not going to say anything. Where's, where's the chat? I can't figure the thing. Marty, can you type? All right, buddy. Do you want to be on camera? Do you want some one-on-one, -on -one, my man? Huh? Okay. It's okay. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> Who else is new? I always like to get a new person. You don't have to yell. I was yelling at you. My wife's always like, you're yelling. I'm like, I'm passionate. I'll show you what yelling is. I'm never yelling. 
All right. Let's pull up Deidre for a second. Deidre, you pull on. Long game. Absolutely. Deidre, you want to pull on for a second? Where'd she go? Hello. Where's she at? Do you, Deidre? <laughs> you look great. I guarantee it. <laughs> Are you there still? It's on chat. What you thinking before I keep going on? <laughs> okay. Well, she's not speaking up now. Um, yeah, so it, it's just an interesting thing. And, and that's where, and I think that a lot of you can probably relate to the fact that we are overwhelmed with options. I know for me, I'm grateful I started my production company when I did because I didn't have a lot of options. I didn't have a lot of knowledge. I didn't know any ways that I could do things. So I just did it. I did it technically my way. Um, and something that I found recently in my coaching, and I've observed this in a lot of people's businesses, is that remember this, your peers do not pay your bills. Maybe sometimes they do. I don't know how your business model is set up. I find that a lot of people's peers, a lot of people in Facebook groups, a lot of random people do not pay people's bills. And so we've got to really watch who we are taking advice from and to what place they come from. Because what I found is, is that in video and in my coaching, um, the greatest distress has come from people telling me what I shouldn't do. And that what I love doing, I'm not being encouraged by people typically. That's why the place I always come from, the thing that will have the most potential for a person is the thing like I have found is whose head, who's talking in your head? You could say it's yourself. Yeah. But how many times right now do you not know if it's some YouTube person you follow? Right. Because I have people say, man, I'm channeling my inner Gibbs. <laughs> people say that. But like, Overall, it seems like when people are channeling their inner Gebs, they get a lot better results than people who are channeling their inner person who's, who's, who's causing a lot of conflict in their, in their mind about what they should do. Because for me, what I found is, is that the more I, I got into coaching and speaking, the more I seeked out people, the more I found that there were a million ways to do something. And then what happened is I had to untangle and reprogram and, and refine out who's speaking in my head right now. Do I want this because I, Michael Gebbin, want this? Or is it because I'm made to believe that this is what I should want? This is what I should do. This is the right thing to do. And then what I find with the procrastination topic here that we're talking about is that there's a lot of different nuance to procrastination, but there are things that I have come to a place where it's like, yeah, sometimes I got to do some things, but here, where will I be consistent in areas where it's not my hard wiring? Yeah, we, I, I believe we can all overcome just about anything, but I believe there are defaults in all of us. And some of those defaults can flip like my wife loving Caesar salads and not loving Caesar salads for as long as I had known her in my entire life. Like, yes, these things happen, but those are less to be forced and more natural transitions over time. So see, for me, 
I look at patterns where I go in life. I was made to believe that things like showing up to the call three minutes before, if I'm talking regularly to a person who that would give anxiety to stress, worry, they would consider it being lazy. They would consider it, you know, a, a, a not a good thing that I don't care that I'm not going to do as good of a job. That's their projection onto me that if they showed up to a call three minutes before that they would not do a great job, that they would not be caring as deeply as if they practiced or prepared for an hour prior, but that they will reflect or project onto you. It is not a reflection of what you are doing is right or wrong or good or bad, or that you don't care or that you are not doing a great job, but they can make because of their own limited beliefs about themselves, it projects onto you. So if you speak to a person who is nothing like you, the advice that they typically give if you are like them, it would work. If you are not, then it'll typically be a byproduct of who they are projected onto who you are. And at times that will not intersect. See, I used to do a ton of that. I still do some of that, but I am aware enough that when I bring a person one-on-one or I'm working with somebody or coaching somebody, I have awareness now to recognize that not everyone is like me. And so when I recognize that someone is not like me, then the advice is not do as I do. I would do, we've got to find how would you do? There's a concept and multiple people have talked about this, but a lot of people think it is do have be. You do something, you have something, then you'll be something. The reality is it's be, do, have. Who you are being will dictate what you are doing, which will dictate what you are having or getting or obtaining in your life. You don't do it in reverse. Because if you are being a person who has low self-esteem, low self-worth, feels that you are not valuable, see, feels that you are not worth it, thinks that you already know the outcome, which is I've done this five times before and it never worked. It never works out for me. Every time I do it, it fails. And you know what? I don't know if it'll ever happen for me. I really don't. I think this might never work out. I think I might just always have a job that I don't enjoy, or I think that I'll always be destined to make $1,000 a month and just barely break by. If that is who you are being and what you are believing, then what will you do? Will you be bold? Will you boldly reach out to people, send emails, make phone calls, open up a door, go into a business and say something? Or you'd be like, I don't really want to bother them. I don't really want to annoy them. I'm trying to see here. Hold on one second, Gail. Uh, you'll have to send me another message. GV, GB, VB. <laughs> Miss Gail, I, I don't know what you're referring to, honestly. I don't see the message here at the top of my message. Just send me something yesterday or, or send me something again. Um, but yes, right? Like that's the thing, right? And so Robin, that's what we've been working on with Robin there. Right? Robin showed up to a, a collaboration with Tashina. You know, and there was nerves, there was scariness, but there's a willingness to do it because you believe what that you have to say matters. That it makes a difference. If you believe that what you do makes a difference in someone else's life and that you can make a, an impact, then how you show up and how you interact and what you do and the impact that you'll make and the money you'll make directly is correlated with who you believe you to be who you are being. 
And so the results you have in your life right now are a direct correlation to the beliefs that you currently have about yourself. And until those beliefs are changed and how you show up in the world will change, thus the actions you, you take will change and the results you get will change. You know, I, I, I said this thing once, it's not a great thing happens, right? All right, it's not a great things happen and then I feel great. It's I feel great and then great things happen. So I've always had to get myself to a place of like, I can do this. It's like who I'm being and, and I feel great about something. Then I start doing things and great things happen. It's usually not some random out of nowhere, amazing thing happens, right? When your world is dictated by the external world, you'll always be happy and sad. You have those default feelings, but your, your, your life, if your happiness or your value is by you looking at your bank account and going, I've got 300 bucks in my bank, I'm worthless. I don't bring much worth because there's some person on YouTube who says, hey, you know, the money you make is a direct impact on the impact you're making in the lives of other people. It's like, well, I'm not saying that that also in and of itself isn't true, but it has a shadow side. It has a dark side, right? When someone hears that who says that their bank account is a reflection of the amount of impact they're making in people's lives, well, then if you got a lot of money in your bank account, my friend, you must be a super worthwhile, worthy person who's making a big impact. But if you ain't got much money in your bank account, you must be a loser and you must not be making a very big impact on anybody's lives. When in fact, you could be making a profound impact on people's lives and you have changed people's lives. You have transformed people's lives. You have transformed puppies' lives. But if you yourself don't see yourself as someone who does those things, you will not charge money in proportion to the impact that you are making. Therefore, you can be making a profound impact on someone's life or business with your services, but not have much money in your bank account. Because your belief about yourself is you don't make a difference. You don't make an impact. You're not worthy of, of getting that money. I don't know. Should they really pay me? I don't really want to take advantage of this person. They've got a story that says they're really poor and broke and, you know, and can't help themselves and can't do anything. So by God, you know, I don't have any money left or any time left, but I'll help this person. There's nothing wrong with helping people, right? And so that aspect that when you start to believe in what you do more, believe in yourself more, you will show up different. And then, yes, when you believe you are worthy, you will receive and make an impact. Right? Plenty of people making an impact and are worth Your value has nothing to do with followers, likes, comments, shares, or bank accounts. You are valuable without any of that. Your inherent nature is value. But what you believe about yourself and how you make an impact on others and how you see that interaction will correlate to bank accounts. For a long time, I didn't make any money doing what I'm doing right now. Because I really didn't believe that I was helping people. I mean, I thought I was helping, but like, I didn't know how. I didn't know if I could. I didn't know, was it random? Was it accidental? Did some people I interact with get helped and other, people's, other people not? Sure. But now I know I can't help everybody with everything. But there are certain people that, by God, if I get to talk to you, your life will be different. And I wouldn't have said that probably even 12 months ago. Definitely three or four years ago, I wouldn't absolute certainty say, 
you got a person who's kind of struggling with self-worth, self-confidence, clarity, direction, because here's the thing as well, with clarity, I love to see this clarity, a chaos to, chaos to clarity. See, I've talked a lot about imperfect action. Talk some about inspired action. A new word I added yesterday with intentional action. See, when you don't know, if you might be clear about what you don't want, what you don't like, what it's not working, you're not making the money you want, you've got all this debt, you've got these bills, you don't know how you're going to pay the bills, you don't know how you're going to do this, you don't know how to do that. You have a lot of clarity about what's not working, what you don't like, and you know, you wish you had more money, right? But if you don't know what you want to do, how you want your life to look, right? That's why people say things about niche. You know why? You don't have to have that, but at times it makes it where you can be intentional in your actions. See, when people are so unclear about who they help and how they help and what they help with and what their offering is and what, you know, it, it, it keeps you from taking actions and being intentional because one day you're sitting here trying to, you know, work on an app that's going to cure world hunger and, and help the poor and you work on it for a week. You're like, ah, it's not going very far. And then you never look at that app again for six months or never again, right? Could what you've had there in the palm of your hands had great potential? Yes, but what has the most potential is something you will consistently stay with, right? But there's the thing, right? What if you have so many things you want to do? I would ask a simple question, anyone's question that sometimes people have of whether what they should or shouldn't do. How does it make you feel and how's it working for you? right? So how does having 10 different things you say, I really want to do, I really like, I would love to see work, I would love to do these things. And how many of them are you doing? How many of them are you working on? How many of them are doing something, right? Or do you end up in paralysis where you're actually not doing much of anything but staying in your head? It's like a person who loves guitar. And when they play it, they're lit up. Like, look, I'm human. I know I love riding my bike. And more than anything, it's an excuse. And I think sometimes more than anything, it's a reminder. I don't think I had been on my bike. I was on my bike yesterday. I don't think I had ridden my bike for probably a month to a month and a half at least. I had gone for walks, but I had not gone on my bike for one reason or another. I don't need to get into all that right now, but I hadn't gotten on my bike and gone for a ride till yesterday. As soon as I did it, I mean, fired up, fired up. I love it. Just lights my soul on fire. I love riding my bike, right? So there's those people with music, food, whatever it is. There's something that right now that if you're not doing it, regardless of money, your soul is dying every day, right? Every day that you don't do that thing, your soul dies a little. So I go do it, do it anyway, right? And so we do need to feed our souls. So Norman's saying we need to feed our souls. And so I know the things, like I know that no matter what in the big picture of things, I can get on a call like this and hit that start button or jump on a call with somebody and it just lights my soul on fire. It doesn't really matter typically. By default, there's always nuances. There's always an asterisk, but by default, 
eight out of 10 times, I go for a bike ride. It just makes me, I just feel great. I go outside and go on a walk. I feel great. I get on a call and do something like this. I feel great, right? I, I go see my family. I feel great. I hang out with my puppies. I feel great. I hang out with my wife. I feel great. But so all these things make me feel great. But if I delete a lot of those things, then some of them pull on me. I needed that bike ride. That really juiced me up, right? But so now I look at that. Do I try to monitor? <laughs> this could sound horrible, but right? Like this is the problem with this thought process. I have so many things I want to do. I do not try to monetize my wife. I do not try to monetize my bike rides. I do not try to monetize my walks. I do not try to monetize my family. I do not try to monetize my friends. I do not try to monetize, you know, listening to a podcast. I do not try to monetize all these things I like to do. So these things light my soul on fire. I want to do these things, but I do not need to figure out how to make them a business. So what you've got to really discern at times is that not everything that one wants to do, do they need to turn into a business. And some things are 10,000 times harder to turn into a business than others, especially when you're not wanting to do it. Like this is the one activity. I can do more than riding my bike, than walking then pretty much anything is I can talk to people. Now, I don't talk to talk to hear myself talk. I talk to encourage. I talk to inspire. I talk to help. I talk to serve. I talk to help people have breakthroughs. I don't just talk to hear myself talk. I love seeing people have these shifts where they get to do something that lights their soul and farther, whether that's cooking, playing music, writing, my wife going into her craft room and designing all these crafts and all this art. It just, it brings her so much joy just getting to purely create. And here's the thing I talked to about this lady today at lunch. Um, and and, and uh, Gail, I'm not sure real quick too. I'm not sure what you want me to do with this link because it looks like it's a video or something, or maybe it's not Wix, a Wix site, not a web. Uh, I thought it was a Wistia. Um, but uh, so for good or bad, there's nothing necessarily wrong here, but the lady I was just talking to is a photographer and her husband's basically like an engineer. And, um, you know, he's telling her to do certain things and delegate certain things. And, you know, to her, it just doesn't resonate. It's because for him, he's business-minded and very engineering, mechanical-minded. And so what I find is a lot of people who do really well building courses and programs and curriculum and, and, and selling things and having a business model that succeeds in the online marketing world of, of programs and courses and structure and systems like that, they're very mechanical robotic thinkers. Sometimes there's hybrids, but I'm not that way really at all. I have some analytical side to me, but by default, that is just, it's not in me. Um, and so I come and find I resonate with a lot of the purists in the form of art and creatives. So they're not looking to delegate or get rid of what they love. That's why somebody like Robin is, is, is sitting here going, what if I have so many things I want to do? At the end of the day, whether it's niching or whatever, there is an aspect of, of defining and picking something 
Because if it's causing you a lot of angst and problems, then it is a problem, right? It's like the back of Jeeps. Not all those who wander are lost. There are people who have Jeep Wranglers and they're just vagabonds. They just travel around, you know, the, uh, uh, yeah, so they all relate. That's great. But so no matter what, even if they're all interconnected, then what's, then I would assert what's the problem, right? Um, you know, so what do you want me to do with that, Gail? That's what I'm just asking you. Um, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking at or doing with that or anything else. Um, so, and you might send it to my messenger because I don't know if I'm supposed to do something on this on this call with that or you're hoping. But so that aspect that for me, the purists want to be doing the activity. Like if you love editing and a person who's mechanical minded, I go, well, you, you don't need to do editing. You need to delegate editing and you need to do this. And they love it. It really lights your soul on fire. And I think that a lot of the people that I attract are less purist entrepreneurs. The purist entrepreneur at times doesn't mean you're not entrepreneurial. doesn't have mean you have entrepreneurial traits. But the purist to me entrepreneur builds business. And at times, it's the building of the business that they like. That's their art. So if you're a person who loves to draw, loves to cook, loves to write, Right. But that if you removed that from you, you'd be less happy in life. Right. If all of a sudden, whatever that thing is for you right now. Right. Like I'd have an identity crisis. Surely I through all the work I've done, I'd figure it out. And I don't even barely want to say it. But like, yeah, if I couldn't interact or talk to people, I'd be a problem. I'd be a problem. Right. That I would have to overcome. And I, I know that I would. And I, I don't like speaking things into existence. So I very rarely mention things, but just like, right, I'm giving you an example. Whereas like in video, for example, before I knew that I could do this, let's use that. I'll talk more about that because I don't care as <laughs> much about that. I'm big on language and the power of words. But like the biggest thing that I in video would not want to get rid of was the camera and the shooting. Like, I really loved that. But editing, I really didn't. Took me a little bit to let go. But once I realized I could, I was like, this is great, right? So for me, I don't want to delegate off doing this. There are people who would go, oh, okay, I've done my tune-up time. I've done it for a year. I see how it works. I see the system. I see the process. I could get I could get Tashina to start doing these calls. Or I'll just have Tashina do my tune-up time. I can go do something else. I could work on my business rather than in my business. Anybody ever heard that? Work on your business rather than in your business. Is that a bad thing? Are there times where there's this quote unquote working on versus in? Sure. Right. But the reality is that's not something somebody could tell me to do that. They could say, man, you could have, man, you could do mind tune up times five days a week. Right. You could have all the people who are your top mind tune up people who've been on calls and love coaching. You could have different tune up different tuners, right? You could have all these different tune-up people and they do a call at different times. You could have these mind tune-up calls that happen at 10 and two, you know, every day of the week, you wouldn't have to be on any of the calls, but every week there would be these people being helped, being inspired, being encouraged. You know, Robin could do, you know, at, at Tuesdays at 4 PM, she could do a tune-up call. It's all for puppies and fur babies, right? And she gets up there and she gets on there for an hour and she does that. And then Tashina does it on this and Jenna does it. Jenna does it on diabetes and Gail does it. And, and Marty does a call and Norman does a call on music. And there's all these mind tune-up calls, right? Saying I'm in, right? I get it. 
you know what? Somebody has to manage all those things, right? Who's managing it? Maybe one of you would take charge. I'm not saying, but like, that's not in my vision. Somebody could tell me that logically, logically even saying it. And I'm sure on certain levels, you'd all be in. Get right, Tashina would <laughs> for sure. <laughs> she would, right? But I, I like simplicity. Some people, complexity is their simplicity. Hear me say that again. Sometimes complexity is their simplicity. So a Tashina may be able to handle what to me would be complexity and responsibility that I have no desire to mess with or have any involvement in any way, shape, or form. No matter how great it may sound, it may be, it could be, it, 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 it could have all this value, right? There's nothing wrong with that. It's not that it shouldn't be done, but a Tashina could easily do it in her own infrastructure. And I have nothing wrong with that. Right. I'm, I don't, I'm not holding on to proprietary things, but my aspect of that is saying there are people who do that all day, every day to people. They hear or see something and then disregard the person and just tell you this is what you should do and this is how it should look. Does it sound from a logical perspective amazing? Yes, it does. There's nothing wrong with that. But I am not looking to remove myself from doing this, nor is that my goal to have this whole system of people and all those things. Those sound great, but like, I don't want to be involved in that. I want to fill my days just simply with, quite frankly, outside of my private time with coaching conversations with people. Some are free, some are paid a little, some are paid a lot. But at the end of the day, it's in puppy time. And time with my wife, that's a personal time. Personal time is my puppy time, my wife time, my own walking and biking time, my, my parents' time, closest friends' time. Like that's why I say personal, but professional time. I have looked at all the things that I've tried and tested and done and hired and fired and found and this and that and all these things. There's a guy that I've been looking at. I mentioned at the beginning of this call, this Alex Ramosi. And this guy said, you love his stuff. I said, I really have. I really resonate with what he's saying. I also know I have no desire to build what he's going to build, which is why I also recognize that no different than if I sit here and, and take this and get close to this, right? See what that does lighting wise? See my face now, right? Totally different look when this light is three inches from my face. Probably can't hear me very well now, right? So that does something. But some of you are trying to achieve like laser-like results with diffused lighting. It doesn't work like that. Like there are things that are fact versus fiction. I mean, if I jump off a cliff, I'm likely to die. One might live and give TED Talks on it, but most, most would die, right? But that's the thing. Some people are, are you're, you're wanting you see somebody who sells a course and promises the fact that you're going to be able to make $10,000 a month if you do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and they're making $100,000 a month. Yeah, and I guarantee they're doing something that's like taking a magnifying glass and having the sun and ultimately having it make a fire. And you're taking a LED diffused light and wondering why it doesn't have heat. It doesn't have heat because it doesn't produce heat. It can't produce heat. So doing something that would even with the best of the best in a team of 20, you're trying to do by yourself. It doesn't mean it's impossible, but it's probably unsustainable. Anybody heard of Casey Neistat? Casey Neistat's a beast. He did like, I don't know, a thousand or 1400 straight edits on his YouTube channel. He got like 12 million subscribers right now. Day straight, didn't miss. 
edits that would take people weeks every day he was doing 80 to 90 percent of them were edits that would take the average person weeks 300 days 365 days in a year what's that they call it a thousand call that mm, three to four years right non-stop every day he stopped because to the intensity by himself that he was doing that it wasn't sustainable not impossible unsustainable Okay. Yeah, Gail, can you bring that to um, uh, bring that to Thursday? And Thursday might be a little funky this Thursday, actually, because I uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. Yeah, this call is probably not the call to do that particular thing on, but I, I'm I'm happy to. Uh, I might even glance at it after the fact just just to help you out because i might not be able to do it this thursday but i'll do that particular thing i'm not that's not it's not my normal thing that i would do so i'd rather not do that on on this particular thing but i'm happy to to take a gander all right gail um for what you're saying there um i'll just do that off uh probably in boxer i'll send you something um yeah i'll i'll, I'll look at it on boxer after this call or tomorrow um so any other questions about anything else we've talked about here today any other questions or thoughts? So, oh, there he is, Scott Burks. What's up, man? I need some help with a PDF. <laughs> oh, Deidre, you popped back in. I tried to get you on here earlier. Yeah. Oh, you're working. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Um, thoughts or questions? Thoughts or questions? Thoughts or questions? Fire away. Um, you know, it's interesting. And, and that's the thing I was just talking a couple of times today about uh, finding what thoughts, beliefs are actually our own takes a lot of, yeah, it takes time. You know, you've heard the backwards bike story. Hear it again and again and again and again. Guy makes a bike, looks like a normal bike, except you turn left, it goes right, you turn right, it goes left. His son was six years old, been riding a bike for three years was able to ride the bike with practice in just a matter of weeks. The guy was in his forties, had to practice every single day until nine months, the brain clicked and he was able to ride that bike. Right? So the reality is there's a lot of things that you are going to get intellectually. You've already understood it. Another course, another program, another this, another that. You're not gonna learn anything necessarily new that is going to have you any quicker ride the bike. Right? You'd still have to get on the bike and practice. But when you practice, it's going to hurt because you're going to fall off and it's not going to work and something's going to go wrong and whatever. Even though you get this is a normal bike. I know how to ride a bike. It rides like a normal bike, except the fact that your brain says that it's not right. Meaning your brain says it's a normal bike and you're trying to your brain's trying to ride it like a normal bike, but it won't let you. You get it intellectually. So how many things in your life right now do you get intellectually? Things that are limiting you, things that you know are disempowering, things you know that aren't working for you. 
that you don't want to do anymore, but yet by habit, you do. Your identity and your habits has you doing it, right? And so that aspect, it does take layer peeling. I have to recognize at times that because of a decade of being around online course creators, entrepreneur, online entrepreneurs, online coaches, online gurus, uh, very alpha energy, alpha male, mostly some female, um, you know, masterminds, live events, workshops, the very mechanical ways of thinking, structure, systems, step-by-steps that by default, after a decade of being around that a lot and allowing myself to allow these things to be beliefs that became, oh, you should do this and you should do that. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. That's not a good way to do that. Why would you want to do that? That I had to then peel away the layers to get back to the truth for me. Some of that makes sure that you're not listening. I'm not saying, because sometimes you'll be like, well, don't, don't listen to Gebs anymore. Well, if I'm helping you, great. If there's other people helping you, great. But if they're absolutely stressing you out, causing you problems, frustrating you, irritating you, uh, you're not resonant, but you're, you're, you're again, believing because a lot of the things you're going to see in ads, there's a lot more people running ads with very particular methodologies and systems and structures and ways to do things, business models, the same business models over and over again are being pounded in people's heads on how to succeed online. But like a guy just told me yesterday from Germany, I was talking to, he's like, most of the millionaires I coach they don't even really use social media. And they're not doing anything that these gurus are telling people to do. I think I said this on a prior call. How many billionaires can you name? There's like, I think, uh, 800 in the United States. I think there's like two or 3,000 across the world. How many of them can you name? How many of them do you follow right now on social media that, that load videos seven days a week and make fancy edits? Right? How many of them have millions of followers? How many of them have an email newsletter? Right? How many, how many have all the things? How many of them have best-selling books? How many of them have been featured in the media all the time? I bet the average person that ever listens to this and hear me ask that question could not even name 10 people. I can't. Without looking up a list, I can't name 10 billionaires. So some of the wealthiest from a financial aspect, I'm not talking about their happiness, their relationships, none of that, because I wouldn't assert that Two-thirds of them uh, are extremely happy people necessarily just because they have that kind of financial uh, wherewithal. But I would say just taking the finances into account that, you know, the wealthiest financially people on earth don't have any of the things that most of the things that are going to appear in your Facebook ad feed or your Instagram ad feed or YouTube ad feed, most of those things are going to pop up and tell you what you should do and how you should do it and the way you should build it and how much money you should make and why you should make it and the way you should do it and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. The wealthiest people on the planet are doing none of those things. What does that say? What does that say? Does it make, is it dry rain? Meaning, are the people selling these things wrong and the billionaires are right? Are the billionaires wrong? These other people are right?
Or is it really just quite simple that both things can work? Meaning methods that have nothing to do with running ads on Facebook as an individual, building a personal brand, you know, building an email newsletter, having a course, being featured in the media, getting featured in Inc. Magazine, having a best-selling book, having a book on Amazon, having an ebook, you know, having a group coaching program, having group and one-on-one, doing it on the phone, only doing it in person, holding live events, holding live virtual summits, you know, selling stuff on Etsy versus selling stuff on your own store versus selling stuff in a shop versus selling stuff in a craft show versus you know, selling low-end versus high-end, cheap versus expensive quantity, membership sites, like all these different things. The reality is, is they all can coexist. But the reason that something is not working, this is a responsibility. I'm not blaming anybody. This is me saying something doesn't work for me. It's typically not because the thing doesn't work. It's because I don't work it. And the whole theme around today, why don't I work it? Deidre came back around because I went on to the tangent for the other thing. When you talked about the students who are attracted to you are like you, you mentioned you could guarantee help. Could guarantee help. Um, yeah, I can guarantee that the people that are like me, that I that will be helped. But this is the thing that people are looking for based on things on the internet. Everybody thinks that they have to be selling things based on how much money they can help someone make. Oh, you, you know, if you work with me, I'm going to make you $10,000 in 90 days and like a 30 day challenge and you're going to have 10K in 10 days and all these. I know without a shadow of a doubt that certain types of people, if they interact with me, if I have a two hour interaction with somebody that the probability of them coming out the other side, happier, more energized, more focused, more clear, more confident, more excited about life is very high. The probability of you bringing your car to me today and telling me to change the spark plugs and put new oil in and change the air filter, <laughs> and put in new, you know, uh, cables and tune up the car. The mind mechanic it is not the car mechanic. It is the mind mechanic, right? So that's a contrast. There is something you could give me, a car, and say, hey, there's something wrong with it. I don't know what. And I cannot, could I figure it out? Maybe. If it was life or death, if I'm in the middle of the freaking desert and there's nothing around, probably the wrong time to figure it out. Because if I don't have an internet connection, I'm going to freaking puddle and fuddle and mess and tweak and talk. And I'm, if I don't know how to do it, I probably never going to figure it out. I might die. I'm probably better off starting to walk than I am fiddling with the car. Right. So all I'm saying is when it comes to the guarantee, it's not a guarantee of, how much money or what you should do or how you should do it and what time frame this is going to happen and all these things. It's, it's a knowing. I just had a lady who did their wedding <clears throat> in 2010. And now she's got a successful photography career. She gets paid very well. A decade ago, she was a school teacher and dreamed about being a photographer and dreamed about uh, getting paid to do that. But she had doubt, fear, I'm not good enough. It'll never work out. I'll always be a teacher. I'll never be able to do this. There's so many people better than me. Why me? Why would anybody pick me? You know, I'm I, right. All of that. Flip the whole thing. I think within a couple of years, she quit her teaching job. Like, so I've had enough of those things 
that I know, like the backwards bike, that it's only a matter of time. And unless you don't want it bad enough and give up, it is the only time that a specific something will not work out for a person. I say only, I should reel my words back in. Like there's always nuance. Everything I say has an asterisk, <laughs> meaning we could find a nuance or a reason or something that could come up as to why. But by default, one of the biggest things that something I believe that something won't work for somebody is if they just stop. You know, if you were walking from Florida to California, the only reason you wouldn't get to California, I mean, yeah, you could, you could, I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen to you, but if you stopped walking, right, you could take breaks. It's not a battery. You got to stop and you can't stop nonstop. We need to refuel our bodies, refuel our minds. Like I, I stop hardcore every day between five and six o'clock at night and go to bed between nine and 10 every night, get up between six and seven 30 every day, almost like by default. Sometimes not, but more times than not, sometime between 9 and 10.30, I go to bed. The amount of times I go to bed before 9 or after 10.30 are slim, but somewhere between that, almost every single day. The times I get up before 6 or after 7, 7.30 are rare, but between 7, 7 6 and 7.30, pretty regular, right? So I know that the probability of somebody being able to go from – they hate their job. They're not happy. They're, they're not doing much of what they love. They, they have this dream that's really kind of not very bright right now. Like in me to bring it into total brightness and bring it into reality, help them see that it can be brought into reality. I don't do the work for the people. Only you can live your life and do the work. But the fact that I can turn someone's brain around and flip the script and help them see life differently so that over the next one, three, five years, their life is unrecognizable, but in a way that they love. I know that that's possible. Uh, what made you switch from questioning your skills to knowing? Um, yeah, uh, uh, again, and I think Dave said you have to put in the work, you have to practice. Yeah, I, I, I think the interesting thing there, though, Tashina and Deidre, is, is a twofold thing because some people can do something one time. And they do it once. And I mean, this is probably a third to two thirds of online courses that are created. They do something one time, make $10,000. They have one month, they make $10,000. And then they go, well, it's better to productize and make a course and a repeatable process. So then they make the whole system on how they make $10,000. And could that work? Yes, right? There's people who they get that to work. It's kind of like this idea of fake it till you make it. I had a lady say, well, no, I, I was faking. I was like, you weren't faking it. You had no belief in yourself for two years and, and just, you started doing great work. And then you told yourself you were faking that you were professional. You really just finally saw yourself how you should have seen yourself and you aligned. And that's why when you did it, your rates went up and all these things happened. If you suck when you start, you can't fake that out on somebody. Very few people can have never done something in their life can tell somebody they're amazing at it and then pull it off and do it themselves, not outsource. I'm not saying you've never done something, i.e. you've never filmed a wedding in your entire life. You've never filmed anything. You've never, you know, like drawing, drawing's the best. If you've never drawn something in your entire life, there's a guy named Beeple. He sold an NFT for $69 million. If you look at his first piece of art, I feel great because this art was exactly like my art. I mean, depends on how someone looks at it but I would assert not very good. 
some stick drawing thing, but some of that makes it into museum. So who am I? Right. But this idea that he started like 13 years ago with a stick figure. And thousands upon thousands of posts later, he is incredible. And his art ended up selling for, I think it was $69 million. Whereas most of the art directly never sold. I think a guy asked him, how much prior to the $69 million one was any of your individual pieces ever sold for? And he said $100. And he said, I got hired to do things where I got jobs and opportunities where people hired me because they saw my art. But the art I was doing for fun every single day, I never had anybody pay more than $100. From 100 to $69 million. That's the headline. What's not is let's take a quick gander. And this is before he had an Instagram account, because I don't know when this started. Yeah, 14 years of everyday free Creative Commons visuals. So let's just take 365 times 14. 5,110 days of consistently making art to go from what people could look at and say, this is mediocre. This is bad. You suck. This isn't good. No one will ever buy this. You have no, you have no, you'll never, you'll never make it in art. You'll never make money as an artist. You're horrible. Go find a different career to his art selling for $69 million. 5,000 consistent days right now. I don't know. There's a little bit less than that because this sold about a year ago. So there's maybe 4,600 and something days that he did that. Sometimes you plant food. Think about that, actually. I love giving it a different analogies because different things resonate with different people, right? Some food produce can't grow here in the Midwest where I'm at. I don't think an avocado tree can, right? It needs a certain type of temperature all the time. Or it'll die. Some things you plant, they pop out, you got a lot from it very rapidly. Some things like I've learned the, uh, um, I've given, given this analogy before, but it was the uh, uh, bamboo tree. It takes like five years to pop out of the ground and then it grows 90 feet in five months. I believe some version of that. I think even the avocado tree, before you'd be able to make money or sell the avocados or even benefit from the avocados, I think it's anywhere from four to seven years. So why do we get so hard on ourselves? Um, in the sense that we don't realize at times because we don't study enough about ourselves, we're looking out into the world at everybody else and we're seeing an avocado tree and we're grass. I mean, there's no value different, I'm not saying, right? But like grass, you can plant grass seed, water it and pops up rapidly, right? But the avocado tree maybe doesn't pop up for a year. And we're looking, you know, we're seeing somebody else who's grass or the avocado tree, and we're wondering why we haven't popped up yet or why we're not benefiting from our labor, right? How many other people have created 5,000 days of art and they'll create another 5,000 days and they'll never still sell something for $100 or more? <laughs> Gail, I love that. I just sprouted. 
Um, and make sure you follow up with me so I don't forget, by the way, Gail, with the thing a couple times. Um, but uh, yeah, so it just, you have to learn about yourself. You have to. Because if you keep looking at everybody else, like I said, I bring up my puppies, I bring up friends, I bring up family, you bring up these analogies, you see all these different things. And all you can learn about is you. That's it. Because no one else is you. No one. Right? No one else is you. So we sit here and we look at everybody else. We try to figure them out and what they're doing and how they're doing it and why they have success and we're not having success and you know all, all, all these different things. But the reality is they're not us. Why my two puppies act completely different when they're parented by both me and my wife. They're in the same house. They grew up with the same, uh, you know, the, the breeder, the pup, like everything identical, yet they operate completely differently. <laughs> Sometimes they're similar, but they also are completely different in so many ways. These aren't even humans. Humans are the same way. Why you can have twins who grew up in the same house, went to the same schools, and went to the same classes, and, you know, both blame their parents for how they ended up in life. And one ends up an alcoholic and one ends up a doctor. And they both say, it was my dad. I blame my dad. That's why I ended up the way I ended up. Because one says, oh, of course I ended up a drunk and alcoholic and drugs and all these things. Look at my dad. And the other one says, I saw what my dad did and how he treated my, my mom and da-da-da-da. And I knew I was never going to do that. Why did they both not become alcoholics or drug addicts? Why did they both not go, oh, I saw what happened and I knew I wasn't going to do that. And so I think that there, I don't know what all your beliefs are on here. And I'm not here to get super religious or spiritual usually in, in certain aspects, but sometimes I bring things up. There's no judgment. Um, something's going on. Sometimes we just can't explain, but I think we can gain levels of awareness more and more every day. Because that person who goes and becomes the drug addict and the alcoholic and blames the father and the other one who doesn't, the unfortunate or fortunate, depending on the scenario, is both can flip. The person who didn't could all of a sudden become an alcoholic and a drunk and all these things, and the person who was could flip their life around. And that is what's possible for every single one of you every single day, is no matter where you're at or what is happening in your life, you can flip the script. No one else can do it for you, right? No one else can do it for you. And as much as I've looked to at times when, when I've had people ask me that, as much as I keep digging in for looking for examples, you can be the example. So that idea of the road that how many people, when I started this, how many people are not even thinking about Think about that for number one. How many other people are taking that road where they got to go around and never even think that they could go through the woods? But you do. 
but then somebody else does as well. But one person may end up doing it. Go screw it. The, the government, the city, I've sent messages. This is never getting done. I'm going to do it. And then they do it themselves. And then everyone else benefits afterwards. So there's something that there may not be a path easily lit and in front of you or somebody else doing what you are imagining and thinking up. It doesn't make it impossible. Right? It is something that you can pave the way for other people who then could do that thing. I'm not all about everybody just all being completely unique and not doing anything like anybody else. I think there's sometimes you're taking things and you're doing the exact same thing as somebody else. You're just doing it as you doing it, right? Anybody on here, it's not necessarily like, you know, if you're playing a piano, other people play the piano, you just play it, Norman said, your way. But you might even play a song that you weren't the first person to play the song, but you still play it your way. Right, You sing a song with your inflection, with your way, your tweaks, but right, you don't. it doesn't mean complete and utter and entire originality. Making a road in the woods isn't complete and utter originality. It's just simply there's a path that it could be there, but it's not being laid out for you. You have to create it. But it's not something that's never been done. It's just no one's done it yet. Right. So, and then that's going to take a little longer than waiting for some easy path. But I just told somebody the other day, sometimes people aren't doing things because they think it's going to take them five years, but then 15 years has passed and still they've never done it. Don't worry if you can't put in 50 hours yet, that your priorities, your life, your family, your friends, your finances are not there where you can commit 50 hours a week to something. Putting in an hour a week for six months. And then putting in three hours a week for six months and then putting in 10 hours a week for two years, you're going to get there. Yeah, it'll take you longer than if you were able to put intentional effort in specific effort, focused effort, 50 hours a week into something. But putting zero in gets you zero. I think I learned that in school. Maybe I'm not great at math, but I think zero times zero is zero. 10 times zero is zero, right? Anything times zero is zero, right? Because I think 10 times one is 10. 20 times one is 20, right? 20 times two is 40, right? So the thing is, when you're zero, you're zero. You're just making a choice to do something else. Take a little drink if I got some water somewhere. Good stuff today, my friends. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, hope y'all. I hope y'all don't get scanned by these text messages that come through. I always feel bad for people. I just look at my phone for a second. It's like, hey, the DMV is trying to get a hold of you. Hey, your Apple thing, you need to apply for this loan. And you just click this link. I'm like, oh, gosh, poor people get screwed by these things. It's just sad what's out there. Um, hold on. Try to find something real quick. 
grab a link. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay. Rock and roll, my friends. Rock and roll, rock and roll, rock and roll. Um, and the current offering that I have for any of you, I know it's on the website. Uh, I'm pretty doggone sure. Could change. Yeah, I do change my mind. But uh, any of you listening on here, who've been on here for a while, let's, let's see. I can see the people who uh, um, aren't. One two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's about seven of you right now. It's about half and half. Um, the, the coaching offer I have that's on my website is probably going to double come December 31st. Um, so if that is something that you are interested in, you can go to themindmechanic.net, click on the coaching tab, and what's there is there. There's a payment plan and a pay in full. Um, so there's two options, and we will be getting. I know some of you were there. We're going to be curious when. So if we get down on the calendar, it's probably going to be probably in February or March. We'll be doing the next meetup. So there's two meetups a year, including in that. And uh, um, so we're probably doing our next one. We did the last one in October. It was incredible getting people together. And just connecting in in in, in real life in, in in person, so that'll be here uh, probably come up in February March. We'll be doing the, the second one, and uh, so yeah. So if that's something you know you've been wanting to do some more work, uh, you know that includes right now, right now, which is also probably going to go down right now. It does include one month of private coaching uh, with me and what I call coaching your pocket using Voxer, and so. Um, uh, and then you get, there's a call I do every Thursday as well, just working with people deeper, um, more Q&A questions and whatnot. And then there's a really powerful personality assessment, really helping you figure out your vehicle. And then you get an awesome one-on-one -on -one call with a, a behavioral profiler. So uh, that's because of recordings and things, just check that link out. I won't get into the pricing on here. The pricing's there. You don't have to email or message me. You can sign up on that page, but the mindmechanic.net um, and click on coaching. Like I said, um, yeah. And so we'll, we'll finish a few more up here. Uh, tips for nerves when doing lives, just keep on doing them. I mean, I, <laughs> some of you may not still ever fully, uh, you know, get this. I'll, uh, I'll play this real quick for everybody again. Um, we'll wrap this call up, but like, you know, some of you don't look back. I do have this available. Some people don't have it, so they can't really see this per se. Um, but, you know, I used to be petrified. Like, this is not, this was not in my radar to do this. This was not a, a, a desire to quote unquote uh, do. And then it just, things started happening and I did it more and more and more and more. Uh, whoops, hold on. And, um, but, the guy I am today on camera was not the person I've always been. In 10 years, I hope to uh, have a very successful business um, with my video production stuff. Um, as you can tell, I'm not the actor. Not at all. Um, I, I like to be behind the camera in front of this, you know, putting stuff together. An amazing 2011, I started with nothing and um, I've just surrounded myself with really good people and you know anything's possible. 
I'm kind of goofy and uh, kind of awkward in front of the camera because, again, I like to be behind it. Hey everybody, it's Michael Gavin here, and I'm super excited to be with you on Wednesday. We're going to do this video in 60 seconds or less. Thank you very much. Just kidding. All right, let's go at it. So I am fired up. Find what you're passionate about, but keep trying. Even in my trying to find what lights me up, I keep failing. I keep doing things. I keep trying so I can find that thing. There you have it. <laughs> there you have it. Kid from here in the Midwest in a town of 26,000 people. I've lived within about 10 minutes of where I currently live right now. My entire 35 years of existence on this earth, on this planet. And um, never dreamed I'd be doing what I'm doing today. I never quite dreamed. And that's where I, I saw once a thing about dream small. We all talk about dreaming big all the time, but everything that I've achieved in life in, in a lot of ways, a, a, a lot of it, like I had ideas here and there when I reached out to Tony Robbins, when I reached out to certain people, uh, I did that very intentionally. Um, but in the big picture, like when I started my production company, uh, where I went, what I did, what happened, um, it wasn't a dream. None of these things were. I, 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 I think that none of us really know what's going to happen or what's possible. So there's where are we dreaming from? Typically, we're dreaming from things that we see in reality, in existence, cars, houses, money, jobs, careers, you know, social media followings, you know, all these things. We see what is in existence, and then we can go, well, I'd like to have that, and I'd like to do that, and I'd like this, and I'd like that. But I've learned more and more to just surrender. Even the gal I was just talking to, she said, I used to have so much control over, I want to know what's going to happen 20 years from now, five years, and this month, six months, and plan this and plan that. She goes, now we live day by day. I said, how freeing is that? She says, so freeing. Because we just don't know. And the more that you try to know and the more you try to control, usually the more stressed out you'll be. So I've just learned, you know, yeah, you know, have dreams, have ambitions, have goals, have things to strive for and, and achieve. But at the end of the day, no one really knows where our lives going to take us and what's really going to happen. And so for me, I didn't dream about these things. I didn't dream about having this as a career. There's a point in time something happened and I started to dream about it, but it's not been a dream my whole life. It wasn't a want or a desire. It was something through another thing that wasn't a dream in my life that I followed the path. And then by proxy, things happened. And I got asked to speak, not for on the topics or the things I talk today, but things like same day edits, things like video production. You know, I got talked, how did you do this? How did you get clients? Right. And, and slowly but surely, I started to fall in love with what I'm doing now more than I was in love with what I was doing. But it wasn't it wasn't something that I was a natural automatically at. It was just simply through consistent action and consistently doing it over and over and over again that, yes, there are things that I consistently did over and over again that I got better at that I didn't like. Then there were things that consistently I did over and over again that I got better at and I love. I hope you all hear me on that. And that same thing that I love, someone else could do consistently over and over again and hate. And somebody else with the thing that consistently, consistently that I hated, they would love, which is me with this. 
giving myself permission to know that it is 100, not 99, not 98, not 70, not 60, not 30, not 20, but 100% okay that I love doing things this way. No prep, like the preparation is through the practice. The preparation isn't, I have a call at two o'clock. I need to literally prepare for one hour prior to the call and have certain bullet points, certain things to say, certain topics to cover, certain times to cut off, right? Like that is perfectly 100% okay, but that is not me. And I did try to force it for years because people who aren't like me and who are like that made me and I allowed it to happen because nobody makes us anything. We allow things to trigger, or bring things up in us or whatever. So I allowed it through their influence to make me believe, allowed them to make me believe that I should not do it this way. This is a way that the more I do it, the better I get, the more I love it, the more impact I have, and the more fun I have. But if I allow myself to have someone make me believe that the way I'm doing it is wrong, and that I should do it the other way, that I should prepare, that I should not repeat myself, right? I, I have that. I still deal with that, everybody, that I'm on this call. How many topics have I covered today? I mean, gosh, this could have been, you know, over an hour ago because I've said probably covered the same topic that this first question started from Deidre 47 different ways today with all these different analogies and all these different stories and all these different ways I've said it. Some people go, God, I got it the first time. For the love of all things good, shut up. Stop. Why don't you prepare a little so you can get to the point a little faster? Why don't you just give one example rather than 10? And do you know what? Are they wrong? Are they right? They're neither. That person doesn't resonate with me. They want a five-minute call with one point being made and done, move on. Absolutely. I love it. Ah, Norman, my man. High five, brother. Much love. Dry rain. Yes. I got chills, dude. Dry rain. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Right? So beautiful. They're both right. There's nothing wrong. It's only the, the, the wrongness is in the one person looking at the other person and saying, I am right and you, my friend, are wrong. I, my way is better than your way. You should do this and you would be better. Now, there are times where they're not wrong and I, there could be improvement being made, right? And there are things I hear sometimes going, you know what, that's a great point. I appreciate that. Right. But we have to have levels of discernment for what things we go. Oh, I appreciate that would be great if I did that. That would be helpful. I really do see that versus other things of people just projecting their limitations or their limited thinking on you. And their belief that if they did what you did, they'd be wrong or that they would be inadequate or they would not be good or it would be not prepared, therefore not perfect, therefore not helpful. Because for them to be helpful, they feel like they need to prepare for an hour. Are they wrong? Again, they're right for them. Maybe if they don't prepare for an hour, they don't do a good job. So they're right. But if I attempt to prepare for an hour, I just waste time and nothing else productive gets done. And it doesn't make me any better than I would if I just showed up three minutes before it started. 
right? But it's owning that. If there's one thing I've seen of anybody doing well in business is that by default, they own that what they have is great. Whether or not it is kind of irrelevant at times because the people who have great things and think it's not don't do well, typically. The people who have neutral, great, or indifferent things do great if they believe that what they have is great because they will show up different because who they are based on what their beliefs are and who they're being will dictate the actions they take, which will get them very different results. Very different results. You show up different, different people show up. And so I'll never forget, love him, hate him, indifferent, neutral, doesn't matter. It's the message in the story that matters. Joe Rogan was told, don't do three to four hour episodes. You must, you must, man, please listen to me. You gotta edit those things down. Don't have them be three or four hours. No one's gonna listen to that, brother. And why do a podcast? You can't make any money in podcasts, right? That whole businessy, mindy thingy going on, what you should or shouldn't do, what's right or wrong, what's the better, what has more potential. And it was a big, right? F you. You don't see that too often for me, but that's, that's what it was. I just want to record these things. I'm having great conversations. Why not share it with people? If they want to listen, great. If they don't want to listen, that's fine too. They don't have to stay, right? I'm not, I can't even see people's faces on here, right? I can't even see people's faces. There's intentionality for that. I've, I've played both ways, but right now that's, that's what I do. But I'm not, there's no pressure. I, I'm not even always looking at the names. I don't know if you leave. I'm not like, oh God, mm, she's here for 30 minutes. Didn't stay for the whole call. Mm, okay. There's no judgment. I don't care. I, I'm not even thinking once or twice or at all whether someone stays for a minute or stays for the whole two hours. And I guarantee out of the people on here right now, if I had this call for four and a half hours, there'd be at least probably one person who wouldn't leave. Does that mean they all should be four and a half hours? Well, no, but I, it's, it's more that we give ourselves permission to go with the flow. Now, some things aren't working. If I got on here for two and a half hours and like there's never a soul on past five minutes, then I might, and then literally there's zero people. I don't upload this anywhere, nothing, right? That's what we gotta look at sometimes. Like sometimes we're doing things and maybe we do really need to consider changing things up, right? If I got on here and 30 people were on when I started and two hours in, there were zero people. And I do this week after week after week after week after week. And every time I get new 20, 30 people to come on. And within 10, 20, 30 minutes, everyone is gone. Every single person is gone every single week. And I just, I just keep talking. I'm like, man, I don't know where they're going. I don't know what they're thinking. Right now, maybe they're the wrong people. I don't know what reasons they'd be coming off, but we, we'd have to probably analyze that. Probably something wrong. Right. Something's not working. Right. I'm saying something they don't like me. I'm getting in front of the wrong people. Like something's off because if you're doing something right, then there'd be people resonating. There'd be people liking, there'd be people staying. Right. Um, and so that's just the thing, but we, we have to recognize that dry rain. We have to recognize that there are things that you can put a lot of time, energy, effort into and get great at and love, and then simultaneously get great at and hate. But don't allow people to make you believe that the thing that you've gotten great at, but do not like that you should like, well, be grateful. You know, I, I get that. I, I, I get that. 
we should, there's a lot, we got a lot of first world problems here in freaking United States of America and some of the other parts of the world, right? That we moaning and complaining about. I'm not sitting here. That's why I am grateful. And I try not to complain almost ever, but by default, if there's something that isn't resonating with my being, if something's not resonating with you, it may resonate with somebody else and it doesn't resonate with you. There is no amount of mind tuning to tweak that to get you to resonate. Sometimes it's completely and entirely, utterly unnecessary to try to tune up something that doesn't need tuning. The only tuning it needs is permission to say it's fine just the way it is. You are fine sometimes just the way you are. And it's the fact that you're resisting, attempting to, to feel like you need to be something else other than what you currently are that's actually causing all the problems in and of itself. I always see... <laughs> I'm just thinking of you, Tashina, when I see the, the, the two little hands. I just see the two little hands come up. Two little hands. Right, I don't even know how to get that emoji. I don't even know if any other people on this call know how to get that emoji. Yeah. All right. Ugh. Final thoughts, questions today. I always try to go about two hours. Just I get in the flow, you know. I get in the flow, get in the zone. And that's for me. I mean is what it is. I, I, I love that. It's, it's a, it's a good rhythm for me right around two hours. Um, get the, get the juices flowing. Um, uh, yeah. And Deidre, that's the cool thing. I want to say just it might not make any sense, but people who are in my other thing who get the assessment and get the, uh, uh, call with Cohen, you know, it has a part in that assessment that shows self-esteem, even though like, like I have seen where my self-esteem has been able to go from a 30% on this freaking measurement of this tool to an 80. And then I see the results that show up in my life with that flip. And sometimes Deidre and anybody else, it's like the backwards bike. It's a continued practice, showing up, getting on live, doing the thing. But right, there's a, there's a getting on live and I'm nervous, I'm scared right now and I'm not good at it. But there's, you see yourself doing it. And you know that you might be nervous, you might be scared, you might not do a great job now, but you see yourself getting better and you truly want to, you truly desire, right? The guy could be riding the bike, go, this is the dumbest thing on planet earth. I know how to ride a regular bike, so I'll just ride the regular bike. Therefore, he never rides that other bike. But sometimes that riding that other bike is actually getting back to the thing that, that is going to like have all sorts of magic and miracles and amazing things happen. And it's just consistently showing up. Right. There could be a time where you're like, I see the power in the lives. I like doing this. I'm not great at it right now. It's a little uncomfortable, but I see the potential in it. And you just keep showing up. And before you know it, it won't be a particular live. But there'll just be an aspect where all of a sudden you look and you're like, wow, dang, I'm really good at this. And I think that's where we don't know if it's after, you know, three weeks on the bike nine months on the bike. Like some people can do something once they got the confidence to go repeat it and get paid well for it. And some people need to do it 45 times before they get the confidence to do well at it. There's no formula to that. Everybody's trying to act like not everybody. See, there's me catching the word. There's a lot of people out there trying to act like there's a thing where if I just do X, Y, Z, ABC, that I'll immediately get this result. And it's like, you could do X, Y, A, B, and C and immediately understand intellectually that you might be able to get that result. But to the time frame through all the other mishmash of life that you're going to work through until you likely get the particular result could be anywhere from a week to a decade. No one knows that. 
for a lot of things in life. No one knows that. So what else is in the chat here real quick? Ramp this up. Might as well just, if there's anything else, I'll stay on for the 10 more minutes. Every week I've done it since, uh, I think I've only in the last 19 weeks had two calls. I didn't have anybody on. That's okay. Um, that helps so much. I loved it. He literally looked at mine and was like, yeah, this portion shows that you are an entrepreneur and this portion shows that you are a coach. And I took the assessment and added some of those things to my affirmation. Yeah, that's great stuff there. Uh, I legit didn't understand the full program and paid for the assessment because I know self-awareness leads to clarity, leads to action. Yeah, and there it is too. You can't earn while you learn. Like I still hit times and have taken imperfect action. That current offer and some of you have joined, like I've fulfilled on everything. It said two meetups. I've done one so far. We're going to have a second one. Like I show up to the Thursday sessions. Like I'm doing what I promised, but I didn't, I didn't know what it would become, what it would do, what would happen. Like, you know, because I was still set on um, building programs. And I, that was, I think, one of my more last-ditch efforts for right now of doing that. I, I don't want to build any programs or systems or step-by-steps or formulas or frameworks. There's a lot that I know. But at the end of the day, I love the connection. That's the bottom line. You know, I like that I can get on here and talk to a bunch of people at one time. But simultaneously, what I'm really, you know, in my life more than anything, I always draw that delineation between personal time and professional. Uh, and they also kind of merge, but like the work time as a coach or an inspirer, like the, the, the majority of it for me is that's what I'm ramping up for next year. It's, it's spend more time throughout the week, truly in connection with people. Um, and uh, that's it. Just conversations and those conversations will lead to a whole bunch of different things. But like, I've spent an enormous amount of time myself thinking. I take plenty of action and I, I, I throw things out there and I get paid at times to test and tweak and I still deliver on certain levels, but like, um, because I know I can help, but sometimes there's certain things that are a little morpheus to me, a little vague, but I do it anyways. I push through because I know that more positive than bad ever happens. So I'm not afraid of that anymore because I did it over and over again. And now I can do it in a more accelerated pace because I'm not afraid. So, um, and that's the thing with some of you on these calls, like some of you are not acting yet in the sense of taking the action that you know you, that would help you, that would be a great action to take, but you're procrastinating. It's not, you're in the wrong thing. It's not that you should do something else. It's just simply that you're, you're scared right now for whatever various reasons. And you might have, some people are going to come on one call one time and never show up to another call ever again on this call. Those are a little bit more rare, I think, but some people that'll happen. Other people are going to be on three months of calls every week. And it clicks. And they start doing things. And I guarantee you could have probably had to click a week earlier, a month earlier, or whatever. And you're still going to like have to take and there's all these new things that are going to percolate up, right? Um, so, okay, cool. Any questions? Any final questions? Any final questions? Like I said, I got about eight minutes. If there's no final questions, um, that's fine. But if there's any final things you want to get off your shoulder today, we'll just have committed to the two hours here. And uh, that's it. Look and see if there's anything here on Facebook by chance. Anything heavy on your heart? We doing good? Some rock and roll. Anybody typing out a question? Let it sit here for a minute.
Anything else? Unless maybe we type in it. You may want to hit send quickly. I just want to make sure if anyone was actually typing a question in or something in. Um, super grateful for all of you. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm blessed that, you know, that y'all show up. You know, this is something that it really, on a lot of levels as well, it's, it, 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 it stretches the muscle, right? It, it is a practice. I mean, I, I think that people forget that sometimes. And because I'm not all shiny and fancy and all these things, like the reality is, it's a, you're, it is a mirror right now. This is a practice. I've done like 700 Facebook lives. You can just look around my, the world online of me. I, there's so many different things I've explored and experimented with. Um, and um, I just try to be the example. <laughs> it's, it's as difficult and as simple as that. And so there's something that's calling you in your heart, pulling you, poking and prodding at you. Um, and uh, don't worry about how is it going to make money? How is it going to work out? What are people going to think? What are they going to say? You know, I, I don't have a hundred people. Like I remember this saying, if you won't give a dime out of a dollar, you're likely to never give a hundred thousand out of a million or a million out of 10 million. Right. And so there's that aspect that like, you can always start right where you're at right now today. Most of you are privileged enough to have one of these suckers right here. Maybe not an iPhone. Maybe it's an Android. But you can literally, I mean, there are people who 100% have more or less million-dollar businesses with just this phone. They barely do anything on their laptop. I'm not, I, don't, I can't pinpoint, but I have zero doubt. And I know I've heard stories and things. They may do a little bit on laptops and have things, but at the end of the day, you can do it. These phones are so powerful. You have everything at your disposal that you could really need in a lot of ways. Some softwares and things don't work as well on the phone versus maybe you can still log in and they work better on laptops. It can be more efficient. I get the, the semantics, but like we live in a day and age where you could run a million dollar business more or less with this phone. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we, we, we have right now today. And so um, yeah. I'm just super grateful. Uh, so you can show up. What I guess I was going to add in there is you can show up, you can click that live button. You know, you don't have to record something, figure out what, what adapter goes into the computer, what card, how do I get the card out of the camera? I mean, I get every one of those is a layer that sometimes adds complexity that sometimes makes it like, forget about it. Just like my mail story, right? But right now, like if Facebook is on your phone, right? If Facebook is on your phone, um, let's do it for fun here. Right, like I'm getting on here, I open up Facebook, we click live, and I'm gonna type in just for fun. Right, just for fun, and I click the start button. This is how we can do it, right? Check it out for the four minutes. Hey, what up? <laughs> I always laugh, man. I, you know, I laugh the second I get on there. So I'm on Facebook Live right now. I'm on one of my mind tune up times, and I uh, was just giving the example of really how quick and simple and easy for me now to be natural on camera, but not for the example of being natural, but for the example, if you've got a phone and Android, iPhone, and you log into that sucker with you know, your phone, like you're on an app and effectively you are clicking that app, like right now you are on your phone. And if there's some kind of message that you want to get out, that you want to share, or you want to overcome, you know, being on camera or something, 
it literally, you don't have to worry. Sweet Yancey's on there. <laughs> oh, people on my mind tune up call are popping over here now. My God, we're so, we're so funny. But I was just saying, like, literally, we don't live in a day and age anymore where you're like, oh, I've got my camera and then I got to figure out how do I plug it into my computer? And then, you know, where do I dump it? And what software do I put it in? And I got to do 17 steps just so I could get a video on Facebook. It literally 99% of people who are using their phone to log into Facebook with an app can click that live button and start talking just like this. I've done over 700 of these. I've probably some type of live content, not in person, not talking to somebody on the phone, but literally with my phone or with my computer, right? Like right there with my phone or with my computer, something that's live, unedited, where I don't have any time to go, oh crap, right? I have literally probably done a thousand to 2000 different things at this point in time. So the person that you see that, yes, it's easy for me to not only just click the live button, but for number two, to just click in and be natural and be on camera and, and you know, ELO, my friend, a great, great band. Uh, but to do this is because I have done it over and over and over and over again. And I have put in the reps, right? I've put in the reps over and over and over and over again. And as I said, for the lesson for everybody on Facebook, everybody who's on my mind tune up time live, uh, call right now. You can go to mindtuneoftimelive.com to register for the Zooms or every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Uh, but this idea that you can put a lot of time, energy, and effort into something, and you can do that thing over and over and over again and get better at it and still dislike it. You can, can do something over and over and over again and get better at it and love it. And the reality is, is that that thing that you love, don't fight it. Don't resist it. Don't make people who aren't like you, where that thing for you that you end up doing over and over again and loving is the thing that you should be doing. And you should eliminate the thing that you don't love just because you're good at it, right? And so the thing is, is somebody, I brought up preparation, right? I'm giving you this double nugget here thing on Facebook Live slash this, but this topic that I brought up, right, that I quote unquote procrastinate. When I get on my Tuesday tune-up time, I got on here, I was on a phone call, I got on it three minutes before. Now, someone who's not like me, who their lens of the world, their view of themselves is that if they don't prepare for an hour to get on that call, that they're not gonna do their best. They're not gonna do a good job. So they may project onto you that, well, dude, you really need to prepare. Like it, it'd be a lot better. Your, your calls would be a lot better if you prepared for the call rather than just jumping on there and being willy nilly. Like people would like it a lot more. Um, <laughs> Facebook has been hiding you from me. Why is that Facebook? Andy Brown says Facebook's been hiding me. But like, so if you don't have a high view of your own self, then someone who's projecting their insecurities onto you will make you question that the thing that you love to do, that you're natural at, that you're great at, that you have fun, that you bring the most value, that you shouldn't do. And you should do that other thing, that thing that you don't really love to do, right? That thing that you might be great at, got really great at because people kept telling you, you need to do it, you should do it. It's better that you do it this way. This is the right way to do it. That other way, eh, that's not the best way to do it. When you do it that way, you're not really doing your best. But yet my best work, my practice is my preparation, right? So the fact that I've done thousands of these kinds of lives over the course of a decade is my preparation. 
My preparation doesn't look like somebody else's preparation where their preparation might be spending an hour or two hours in a literal form of preparation, preparing what they're going to say, the bullet points, the, the headlines, the details, the slides. And that is their way of delivering value. That is their way of showing up in a powerful way. But as my man, Steve Hardison, which we brought up to everybody today, would call dry rain. It's more metaphoric than it is literal in the sense that two things can both at the same time be true. So the person who needs two hours to prepare their slides and bullet points and all these particular details, and that is how they do something great, is no different than me saying up that my practice is my preparation. So doing hundreds of these gets me to a point where I can show up in a minute before something goes live and be as potent and powerful as the person whom spends <clears throat> two hours preparing right before they do that same thing. And that both of us are right and neither is wrong. It's just simply that if that person tries to be like me, they wouldn't do as well as if I try to be like them. But don't allow a person who is not like you to make you believe that the way you do something and how you do it great is wrong. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. God dang, God dang, God diggity dang. And as the great philosopher himself would say, Mr. Matthew McConaughey, keep living, my friends. All right, all right, all right. Facebook, MindTuneUpTimeLive.com, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time every week. Go on, head on over there. Join those Zooms. Get on here. Have some fun. If you're not seeing me a lot on Facebook, it's right here. That's where I'm at. Tune-up time, baby. Stu Turner. See some people. You need to be on over there on Facebook. All right? And if you're not, if you can't join live, if you can't join live, they're being uploaded to the old tube, tube view. And uh, your favorite podcast platform as well, where there's some show notes and there's all sorts of good stuff there that you can check out. Uh, so you can know, hey, I want to listen right here because there's a timestamp done by my awesome timestamper person. And so uh, anywho, everybody, I appreciate you all so much. We're going to click off of here on the old Facebook rock and roll. Bye-bye. See you soon. And uh, there you have it, my friends. A little extra juice there. Hmm. Mm. That's right. The great philosopher, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right, everybody. I got a jet. Blessings. Love. Keep rocking. Keep rolling. Appreciate y'all so much. Send me a thumbs up. I would love to see that. Gosh, dang it. There's freaking 10 of you left here right now. There's 10 of you left. Can you just take your phone out? Can you take your phone out? Can you open up Michael Gavin? All right, I'm going to do this for Sweet Yanty. We're going we're gonna to get the ball rolling with Sweet Yanty. Sweet Yanty. Sweet Yanty. We click the little button there, and then we click the little button here, and we go. And then we click send. Can you get? No, no, no. Those are, those are not what I want. I don't, you know, sending you different colored thumbs on the freaking chat. I'm talking. We're going to click in. You're going to open your phone up. You're going to go into Messenger for the love of all things good. And you're going to send a message. You're going to send a picture like this to me inside of Messenger with your thumb up. Rock and roll. Love y'all. See you soon. Take care. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs>